ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் பேக் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கி அண்ட் இன் திஸ் ஃபர்ஸ்ட் எபிசோட் ஃபார் ட்வெண்ட்டி ட்வெண்ட்டி ஃபோர் வி பர்சீவ் சட்டில் வேல்யூஸ் அப்ஹெல்ட் இன் த பேட்டில் ஃபீல்ட் அஸ் டெபிக்டட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு த்ரீ ஹண்ட்ரட் அண்ட் ஒன் பென் பை த போயட் ஆவூர் மூலங் கிளார் செட் இன் த கேட்டகரி ஆஃப் தும்பை தினை ஆர் பேட்டில் ஆஃப் டூ கிங்ஸ் த வேர்ஸ் எச்எஸ் த பிரின்சிபல்ஸ் ஆஃப் அ கிங் வென் ஃபேசிங் த எனிமி பல் சான்றீரே பல் சான்றீரே குமரி மகளிர் கூந்தல் புரைய அமரின் இட்ட அரு முள்வேலி கல்லின் பாசரை பல் சான்றீரே முரசு முழங்கு தானைனும் அரசும் ஓம்புமின் ஒளிரு ஏந்து மறுப்பின்னும் களிரும் போற்றுமின் எனைநாள் தாங்கும்னும் போரே அணைநாள் எரியார் எரிதல் யாவனது எரிந்தோர் எதிர் சென்று எரிதலும் செல்லான் அதனால் அறிந்தோர் யார் அவன் கண்ணிய பொருளே பலம் என்று இகழ்தல் ஓம்புமின் உதுகான் நிலன் அளப்பண்ண நில்லா குறுநெறி வன்பறி புறவி பண்பு பாராட்டி எல்லிடை படர்த்தந்தோனே கல்லென வேந்துவோர் யானைக்கு அல்லது ஏந்துவன் போலான் தன் இளங்கு இலை வேலே We are still in the world of war in our Sangam explorations and here the poet talks about the valor and strength of a king. The poet's words can be translated as follows. O noble men, O noble men belonging to the resounding encampment around which thorny bushes have been laid akin to the tresses of unmarried young women. Protect your king who has a clamorous army accompanied by battle drums. Guard your elephants with their radiant and raised tusks. No matter how many days the battle may go on, can there ever be a case of counter-attacking when there has been no attack? If they are not worthy to be fought, our king shall not attack those who stand against him. Given that, who can surmise the calculations of his mind? Thinking you are many and have great strength, do not look down upon us. Just see how, as if measuring the land beneath, riding ceaselessly even on narrow paths, celebrating his strong and speedy horse, he has retired to his camp at the end of the day. Other than the uproarious elephant upon which the enemy king sits mounted, he shall not raise against anyone else his shining leaf-tipped spear. Let's take the time to delve into the details. The poet begins in the voice of a soldier addressing assembled soldiers in an enemy encampment which he says is surrounded by well-laid thorny bushes appearing like the tresses of young and married girls. This is probably to say these are thick and dense. Perhaps it was true even then that there was hair loss after marriage and childbirth, whereas as a young and mature girl, her health was probably at its prime as reflected in those abundant tresses. Returning to the verse, the soldier now requests his counterparts to guard their king and their elephants. After those somewhat ominous words, the soldier turns to abstractions talking about how there can be no fighting if the enemy does not dare to stand against their opponents. 
Then he talks about how their king would never fight someone who was not his equal in the battlefield and then wonders what might be going on in the king's mind given this situation. The soldier turns again to the enemy army and asks them not to underestimate them thinking that the enemy were more in number. Talking about the speed and strength of his king's horse, which pauses not even in tricky narrow paths and leaps as if it intends to measure the earth entire, the soldier adds that upon this horse, his king has retired to his encampment at day's end. He concludes with a vehement declaration that this king's fine and sharp spear shall not be raised against anyone else other than the enemy king and the elephant, he writes. What we can infer from these words is that the enemy king had abstained from the battle and had chosen to stay in the safety of his encampment. Rattled by this attitude of the enemy, a messenger is sent to proclaim the values of this king. It's a rare occurrence, but we have already seen in another Purananuru verse how when a king refuses to face the battlefront, he is looked down upon and his covetous is considered a shame upon the realm. Perhaps it's the same situation here. Or it could be overconfidence on part of the enemy king, thinking his huge army could finish the work for him. This messenger comes to dispel that notion, saying his king would fight only with his equal and not anyone else. Through this, we gather the norms and values in the battlefronts of this society 2000 years ago. All these nuances apart, I wonder why wars were considered as a given then. Didn't anyone oppose these events? Were there voices that spoke about the futility of wars in this past? It would be fascinating to find out. In another note, although wars still go on, glad we have at least arrived at a time when there are diverse voices speaking the truth from many perspectives and dependable ways to record this diversity of thought for future generations. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandinikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri Vanakkam.